game on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking. Anyone was there, and a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there too. Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like you got a little No, nah, my, my uh, camera's broke. Howdy ho, howdy hey, how the hell are you? The Bucketeers are back and better than ever. No, I don't know about better than ever, but we are back, ladies and gentlemen, here on another episode of the Bucketeers. It's Tampa Tones alongside the great J-Lo, alongside the great Stun as well here on this Monday. And you guys could get used to us on Mondays. We'll be coming live at you for Mondays, pretty much a duration of the offseason unless... We're out and about in any of that good stuff. But get in mind <laughs> type schedule moving forward. Stunna, how are you? Was that you? Was that a call for help? Was that a hello? How the hell are you doing? No, that's a, that was a commercial banner. I love it. How you been, brother? Yeah, man. Everything's good. Got our uh, seven on elite tournament this weekend. I put a lot of legwork into this. Hoping it goes pretty well, you know, hopefully we can put on for the city. Uh, you know, just max and relaxing, my friend. Coach life, coach Stunna in the house. Can't wait to get your opinion. We're gonna play our GM game that we played last week with J Lo, Gene, and I with Stunna this week. In case you guys aren't aware, Gene is out of the building tonight. The great Gene from Buck What You Heard did join the Bucketeers, so a bummer he cannot make it tonight. But moving forward, he'll be on the program through thick and through thin. J-Lo, how the hell are you doing, brother? Good to see you. Good to have you back. How's everything going with you, sir? Um, you know, soft deadline came and went today. We'll talk about that. We have a lot to talk about, J-Lo. If we could get J-Lo in. J-Lo, are you there, buddy? Are you there? Earth to J-Lo. Yep. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Not much, man. Um, this Monday, man, had a three-day weekend, and pretty much uh, the weather, it was raining a lot. Yeah, raining weekend, huh? A lot of rain, a lot of downpour over in the Bay Area, it seems. So, Stunna Tones, J-Lo here to get you through a plethora of things. First and foremost, real quick, right off the bat, um, it will be quick topic of chatter. It will be quick work because a lot of people presumed it. It's Christopher Cole checks in. Hey, fellas, how the hell are you doing, Christopher? Welcome in, as always, my friend. Hope you had an incredible weekend. Happy President's Day to everybody as well. Kind of threw right in the building as well on Facebook. Thanks for joining. Fellas, Antoine Winfield Jr. is expected to get the franchise tag. It's been reported by multiple reporters now. It's a thing. Pretty much every Bucks pe- podcast talked about it. A lot of Bucks fans talked about it, reporters, article writers, etc. Now it seems like it'll be a thing for sure where Winfield Jr. is going to get the franchise tag. He'll make roughly $18 million on the tag. So pretty good value for one season of Winfield. But let's hope it's a Godwin style franchise tag where we could franchise Winfield and talk him into an extension and get him to kick some of that salary cap hit from this year down the road a little bit. Stunna, thoughts on us uh, franchise and Winfield as reports say it looks like that will officially happen as expected? Yeah, I pretty much called this. Um, you know, we just got too many uh, people to sign this offseason. And, you know, it's just – I mean, Winfield wants that big payday, and I don't blame him for it, but it's just too much this offseason uh, with, with big payouts. And, uh, you know, the, the franchise tag ensures that he doesn't hit free agency. So it's a good move, but we got our work cut out for us. J-Lo, thoughts on Winfield receiving the franchise tag, most likely as it's being reported, most likely. 
Yeah, it's not a shocker. I'm not shocked at all that he's getting franchise tags. Because um, like like um, Stone just said, a lot of people have to be resigned and all that. Yeah, that's very true. Is J Lo is a man of few words right now. Let's hope we could get more words out of the big guy. No, I'm just messing around. But uh, yeah, we all expected it. We all called it pretty much. Winfield getting the franchise tag. It just makes the most sense given our situation. And if you guys are just tuning in, it is expected based on multiple reports that Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to get the franchise tag. I believe the window for franchise tags open up tomorrow. We'll see how quick the Bucks do give him the franchise tag. But when you look at it, Mike Evans wasn't a realistic candidate to be tagged. He wants a three-year deal from somewhere. No point in franchise tagging him. He would cost a lot for that tag anyways. Baker Mayfield had an outside, outside chance of getting tagged. But again, that's a guy who's looking for a two to three year contract, at least getting a payday. Devin White had no chance at getting the tag, nor did Levante, given his age. So it made all too much sense to get Winfield that franchise tag. And hopefully we could turn it into the Godwin situation. It was expected. And now's the time where we could maybe, maybe play with the cap a little bit. Once we officially do franchise Winfield, give him an extension, open up some money, and do all sorts of stuff. Speaking of money, fellas, dead cap hit deadline, soft deadline for extensions for Mayfield. And Evans came and went today. A lot of fans were freaking out. But this is pretty normal protocol on the Buccaneers' behalf. It happened with Levante David last season as well and a couple of other guys. So, Again, nothing new here. Pretty much what the means is everybody was talking about, oh, today's a deadline where it could help out the Bucks. Pretty much what it means is, yeah, the Bucks pretty much could have paid all the debt off their credit card today, or they can make payments and kick the cap down the road a little bit. This is just void years hitting into realum. Now it'll happen down the road instead of the Bucks paying it off today. So realistically, not much is changing, and Greg Allman has reiterated that as well. A lot of fans don't seem to be understanding that today's quote-unquote deadline missed is really not too big of a miss as long as the Bucks bring these guys back. They'll just have to pay a little bit more down the road, chunk payments instead of paying it up front. Again, it's like a credit card. It's really just a matter of when we're going to pay these guys, not if, and that deadline came and went today, but it's really not that big of a deal. J-Lo, what say you on that? I know a lot of fans are making this thing a big deal. In reality, it's really not, and Christopher Cole seems to agree with us. Yeah, the fans are taking to a stream level on the whole Mike Evans situation, on not getting a contract done today. And plus, you got these other writers writing about the Panthers having an interest in him and stuff. Like I said, why would you go to a rebuilding team? I'll never understand that. You know, I don't know why. I personally think it's for clits. But at the end of the day, I feel that Jason Lynn, the front office, will get it done. It just takes time. He's done it before, actually twice, and he can do it again. So I'm not stressing at all with the whole contract situation and the cap hits. Yeah, stunned thoughts on it. Um, again, I, I don't think it was too big of a deal. A lot of people made it seem like it was, but this is normal protocol. And with the Bucks front office, with guys like Jason Light and co., uh, you're never really a worry. I will say this, though. You don't want to wait forever. You don't want to mess around forever. And I will compare it. People are saying, oh, they do it in the past. They've done it in the past with the likes of, you know, Levante David and other individuals as well, Jamel Dean potentially and perhaps. But the difference is Mike Evans is going to be in much more demand than those people. Not saying if he hits a market, it's game over. I'm not saying that at all. I still think he comes back to the Bucks if he does. All I'm saying is the Bucks would be very smart to at least try, at least try and get him locked in as free agency opens. Uh, just more evidence that we should have signed him last offseason before the season started. And, and you were a big supporter of that all last year. Yeah, I'm still upset about it. And I wanted to know what uh, the, he asked for that they just couldn't pay because I think they're going to have to pay more. And, uh, you know, you, 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 was it F around to find out? They're about to find out when they lose him. 
So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think you let Mike Evans in free agency. I think that's an insult to, uh, your, your fan base. And let me pull up what Greg Allman reported today is by the way, cats, bucko, Gene, and Huncho wish they could be here right now. They are out of the building. Stun of J-Lo and Tones here. Tampa Tones, that is, on the Bucketeers. You guys are joining in on YouTube Live or Facebook Live right now as well. But the great Greg Allman from Fox Sports, formerly of The Athletic and of Tampa Bay Times, pretty much says the expiring contracts for Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield will void today, leaving a combined $14.5 million in dead cap counting against Bucks 2024 salary cap signing new deals either would have kept some of that dead money in future seasons but this was expected again it's like a credit card bill Bucks are just paying it all up front instead of doing chunk payment chunk payment chunk payment now Bucks have to pay it all up front Bucks had 79 million in dead money in 2023 paying for restructures made to maximize the window to win under Tom Brady. The deals with Evans and Mayfield at void years, so they'll count against the 2024 cap in addition to any new deals they signed, just salary cap. Accounting, bucks of similar voids coming in March on expiring deals for Levante, David, Antoine, Winfield, Greg Gaines, Matt Filer, which would create another $7.2 million in dead cap. The voids today won't change anything related to their free agency next month, just fine print salary cap math included in the contracts to create cap space last year and for Evans in previous years. So J-Lo Stunner sounds like we're going to have a round two of fan freakouts in March when Levante Winfield, not really so much gains and filer, but when those two expire. But we might not let Winfield get to that point. We're going to franchise tag him as it's been reported. But in other words, relax, folks. Little more dead cap this year, but we're just paying it off up front instead of credit card like payments. And as long as we get both of these guys back, Evans and Mayfield, quite frankly, today's deadline was not a big issue at all. In in reality, getting a little bit too much glamour and freakout time on the airwaves right now. And uh, out of those guys, Stunna, we have a fun game. We played it last week. It's called the GM game and you get a fake salary cap and each players, well, each tier is different players. You get $10 to spend and there's a $4 tier, a $3 tier, a $2 tier and a $1 tier. You could get multiple people from multiple tiers. You just can't spend over $10. You could get nobody from some tiers. You could spend $10 or less. The goal of the game is you can't go over 10. Stunna, J-Lo, Huncho, or not Huncho, J-Lo, Buck, no, not Bucko, jeez. J-Lo, Gene, and I did this last week. It was a great time, as well as Gene's um, hot seat challenge, which will be back this Thursday, whether it's with J-Lo or Stunna. But when Gene returns on Thursday, we're going to do his hot seat challenge. But Stunna, you're the GM. You're Jason Light for this minute. You're GM Stunna. You have $10 to spend. Mike Evans and Antoine Winfield are $4 apiece. Baker Mayfield and Levante David are $3 apiece. Chase McLaughlin and Devin White are $2 apiece. Will Golston, Pat O'Connor, and Chase Edmonds are $1 a piece. General manager Stunna. General manager Stunna. How are you reacting with your $10 budget salary cap? Once again, Evans and Winfield are $4 each. Mayfield and Levante are $3 each. McLaughlin and Devin White, $2 each. Will Golston, Pat O'Connor, Chase Edmonds, a dollar a piece. Well, I would have spent $11 on uh, Winfield, um, Evans, and... Uh, no, no, no. You only get 10. Mayfield, and I would have been over $1. So, geez, I don't think I can do it. This is a challenge. See, so That's last a challenge week. out there. But I, but I have to let some of the guys go I want in that scenario. But um, honestly, I would probably have to... Uh, it don't make a lot of sense because he's great and he's young. But I'd have to let Winfield go in that scenario. And uh, that would really hurt because, you know, I didn't like when we lost uh, Whitehead. 
But I got a lot of people saying, oh, bring Whitehead back. Whitehead ain't coming back here. He uh, he got in a riff with uh, Todd Bowles, so there's no way he's coming back here. So we our safety position is something that, that, that you know, took a while to build, and then we lost it. Just like edge for years, we, we did have the edge rushers, and then we had JPP and Shaq. So we had great, you know, uh, production there, and now we're kind of falling off where, you know, we drafted guys like uh, – uh, uh, trial Sharenka, and then we're, we're kind of lacking there again. So, this is where you got to build in the draft. I say trade out of the first round, get as many second and third round picks as you can. Maybe, well, hold on, hold on. We really, don't, we really don't draft well out of the fourth round. That's great, but let's uh, let's finish this. So, you picked Evans, Evans, oh. Baker, uh, Levante, and that's your 10 then. You got Evans, Baker, Levante. Bang, that's it. Cool. So real quick. I, I got Goldson too, but, you know, maybe we get it for 50 cents or 75. <laughs> that Maybe you have a buy one, get one coupon. Then, I'll, then I want to get your thoughts, what you were going into on the draft quick. But just to go over, Stunna went. You have $10 to spend. You can't go over 10 For $4, Stunna got Evans. $3, he got Baker. And $3, he got Levante. J-Lo went $4, Mike Evans, $3, Baker, $2, Chase McLaughlin, $1, Will Golston. Gene went $4, Antoine Winfield, $3, Baker, $2, McLaughlin, $1, Will Golston. I went $4, Evans, $4, Winfield, and $2, Chase McLaughlin, playing a little bit. Of uh, you know, devil's advocate there, but hey, that's what the beauty of the we probably made the 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 business decision, and then seventy five percent of us were not gonna let Mike Evans leave, and that's something that you have to learn from our past mistakes. We let Warren Sapp out the building, John Lynch, John Lynch. We just cut him over some neck thing. Everybody knew that he could come back from that. Simeon Rice, Simi. Well, Simeon actually showed up to training camp, and they made him leave. If you remember, yeah. Well, that was real silly. I mean, he showed up. Just let the guy finish his contract out. That's why everyone trying to run Shaq out of the building. We lose money if you run him out of the building. Just let him play his last year out. We're going to lose money no matter what. Mm. Just let him play his last year out. Just like, uh, and and I'm so glad we didn't. The great um, Vincent Jackson, everyone's trying to run him off because he was, you know, petering out. I said, just let him play his contract out. We got to respect the NFL veterans, right? Yes, and, and, and these are heroes in your community. Mm-hmm. So you don't just run them out. You just let them play out. Or, you know, Warren Shad, they told him to test free agency and find out what Cincinnati offered him. We could have paid that. But, no, we got to go sign Charlie Gardner, who we just played in the dang Super Bowl and saw he was washed. But we had to throw money into his pocket. He didn't even make it out of training camp. I'll never forget him out there uh, giving the people a hard time because they had to f- sign signatures. And I told him to his face, I said, you ain't going to make it out of training camp anyway. You can go ahead and leave. <laughs> you know, that was that was bad when, you know, they, they you got tickets. You got to walk around and get signatures and stuff. But, um, yeah, man, I'm not – I'm not too happy about uh, them letting our, our greats out the door. but And then I think anyone that won the Super Bowl is a hero, which is Levante, which is Winfield Jr. Uh, we, have to, we have to keep Baker because we don't draft quarterbacks here at all. So we drafted one franchise quarterback in our existence, which is Doug Williams, and we screwed up his contract. Mm. So we, we definitely got to keep Baker because the only – quarterbacks we ever get that'll pay it out of free agents if you look at our history and um and i'd love to have that debate with anybody that that wants to get thrashed but we got to resign mike evans man j-lo uh if you're with us pretty much stunned just giving his thoughts and rundown of the past his ten dollar salary win has followed he spent four dollars on mike evans three dollars on baker mayfield and three dollars on Levante, David, your thoughts quick on Stunna's use of the $10 and uh, pretty much on how he's saying, hey, we got to make sure Evan stays around. We've treated guys like John Lynch, Simeon Rice, and, uh, you know, others, other legends in the past. We showed him the door a little too early. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really tough task right now. I mean, I just don't see Mike leaving. I know the concerns are big right now because of the contract issues at the beginning of the season. 
But mine's a pretty fair shot, man. I just don't see him leaving. The only team I could see a threat maybe is maybe Houston, maybe Kansas City. And that's what we were reporting a couple episodes ago, right? Houston sounded like from our source, again, uh, 90% chance back with Bucks, but Houston's door was open, J-Lo, to your point. Yes, it was. Um, Levante David, I think he'll be back or he'll retire. It's one or the other. I don't see him going to another team. He's pretty much going to be a one-year basis guy as far as contrast, kind of like what Ronnie Barber did. And then, and then also you picked Baker Mayfield. Is that correct, Stunner? You picked Baker Mayfield? Yep, he picked Mayfield, he picked Evans, and he picked uh, Levante. Okay, yeah, as far as Baker goes, Stunner has a very very good point. We don't draft quarterbacks here. We're a free agent quarterback team. Baker has already proven that, you know, he's deserving of whatever he's asking for and the pri- asking price. And I'm thinking 20 to 30 mil is probably going to be the price range, and I'm not mad at all. And I think, once again, Light will bring everybody back. I'm pretty confident on that. It's a great J.C. Allen says, yo, yo, J.C. Allen from Sports Illustrated Game Day. Always a treat when J.C. Allen drops by because, as The Rock says, he brings millions and millions and millions, and we love the great J.C. He's been on plenty of episodes in the past. Go. On our YouTube yeah, we need channel. to come down to my seven-on tournament this weekend. Mm-hmm. But, guys, speaking of, uh, speaking of, uh, Bucks made some coaching moves, a couple more coaching hires. We brought some more SEC blood with Liam Cohen. And if you guys are college football fans, you people listening, you know out of all the power conferences, there were five, now there's four. The pack dissolves or whatnot. But the continuity power conference the most powerful of them all is always the SEC. And J-Lo, I want to get your thoughts on this because you were very intrigued. We're going to start with one coach and move to the other. Last week, we talked about our special teams coordinator hire and our offensive line coach hire, Kevin Carberry. If you missed that, go check out our last show. It was a fun one um, as we got into the details of all that good stuff. And... We really talked about that. That was two shows ago, I'm sorry, where we talked about our new coach and hires. So go check that out. Available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google, and more. But we're here. New show. Two new coach and hires, J-Lo and Stunna. The first we talk about. Common theme going on with Liam Cohen. Bringing in familiarity. Bringing in SEC blood. And we're bringing in former players. And a lot of former Chicago um, Thomas McGoffkey, our new special teams coordinators from the Chicagoland area. Kevin Carberry, new offensive line coach from the Chicagoland area. Now, our wide receivers coach, Brian McClendon, is from Chicago as well. Pretty crazy. And we're going to go over his resume right now. He has a very extensive resume, very good one, a matter of fact. He played in his college career at Georgia. Never a bad thing. Always good if you could play at Georgia. Then he actually played for the Bears for the 2006 season. I love these former NFL player coaches. Even just player coaches. Liam Cohen played professional football, not in the NFL, but he played pro ball. Kevin Carberry was an O-lineman in the NFL. Thomas McGoffkey, our special teams coordinator, played in the NFL for years. Now you got Brian McClendon, who played for the Bears in 06. I don't care. It's only a year. That's great experience. Is our wide receivers coach. Then he was at, at Georgia as a grad assistant from 07 to 08. So started getting the SEC blood young. Incredible thing. Then he was a Georgia running backs coach from 09 to 14. Keep building that stock at Georgia. You love to see it. 2015, and that's when they had Todd Gurley. So pretty good success right there. 2015, assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, and pass game coordinator at Georgia. A lot of titles there. Then he was actually the interim head coach that season at Georgia. Then he went to South Carolina to be their offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach from 2016 to 17. Then 2018 and 19, he ditched the co-offensive coordinator title and became the full-time offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach. Then in 2020 to 2021, he went to Oregon to be their pass game coordinator and wide receivers coach. Then he was Oregon's interim head coach. So he has 
little bit of college football head coaching experience, although interim, he has Georgia and Oregon coaching reins under his belt. Then he went to Georgia to be their passing game coordinator and wide receiver coach. We've seen how incredible that went. Now he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver coach. Pretty incredible there, guys. J-Lo, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, pretty damn good resume, pretty extensive resume. Only two games coaching in his career, one and one coaching as a head coach, both in bowl games. Win in the Tax Slayer Bowl in 2015 with Georgia, loss in the Alamo Bowl in 2021 with Oregon. So, J-Lo, here's a guy, he played for the Bears. He has head coach experience, although the interim title. Extensive coaching resume at places like Georgia, South Carolina, Oregon. I think this is a home run hire for our wide receiver coach, J-Lo, and he's very young at the age of 40. What say you? Oh, couldn't agree more. I was very ecstatic when I heard about the hire. I like how we're going into the college ranking and bringing him up to the pros. He's a great developer, I feel like, on the offense side of the ball. I think he's going to have a lot of success here in Tampa as far as working with Chris Godwin, possibly Mike Evans, which I think, like I said, he'll return. And plus working with a young receiving crew like Trey Palmer and et cetera. You know, the guy's been successful everywhere he's been with a hell of a resume. And I'm looking forward to see what he does here in Tampa. Stana, your thoughts on all of that? I think that's a good hire. Pretty damn good resume. What say you? Yeah, he seems like a good offensive mind. I want, I want Antoine Randwell or Keenan McCardell, but, you know, those guys probably didn't want to be position coaches. And I see a lot of guys from college ranks coming into the NFL. Oh, well, yeah, that would have been a lateral move for McCardell or Randall L. You know what I'm saying? Oh, was Randall L a wide receiver coach at uh, Detroit, or was he an assistant? Yep, he was a wide receiver coach. So, I mean, you know, maybe if we gave him a cheesy coordinator, not a cheesy, but say pass game coordinator, maybe they would have came along with that. But maybe Liam Cohen doesn't want that. Yeah, that's the problem because when you get people titles and you, the expectations go up too. So, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of like the staff we're putting together. I, I've been very encouraged with what um, uh, Todd Bowles has done. He's not one to sit around and, and and rest on his laurels. We won the division. He made mass changes. Um, this year we got poached, which is usually the sign of of you're doing it right. And he isn't sitting around and waiting. He's going out and finding quality coaches to replace who left. And I, I want to see him continue to do so. And, uh, you know, I'm just really curious as, you know, our structure, our format, and what it's going to look like this offseason. And Stunna, it's kind of crazy. One year we got Poach. One year we fired Byron. So the Bucks are kind of uh, recouping, and they're on their third offensive coordinator in his – many seasons now, but to me, I know it's early yet, but between Kevin Carberry at O-line coach and, uh, you know, a couple of these other guys, Brian McClendon, who we just talked about, we're going to talk about the next guy who we hired over the weekend here shortly, but I think it's a pretty good staff so far, Stunner. Yeah, um, By Byron, man, he he's out of the league now, and I heard a lot of negative things about that, uh, you know, offensive staff and, and the game planning and the predictability and, you know, why, like we talked about several shows ago, we, I needed somebody that could close the gap with San Francisco and Detroit and anyone from that Rams pedigree, you know, that they beat San Francisco and they were very competitive against Detroit in the playoffs. They only lost because, you know, they messed up in the red zone, but uh, that's kind of what we need. But now, you know, we really need to make that next step into competing for the NFC uh, championship. And that's why I didn't really mind too, too much when we let guys like Gilbert go, when we let guys like Goodwin go, uh, when, you know, Keith Armstrong retired. is our man, the reigning, defending, undisputed YouTube champion of the world, Neil L. joins us. As Neil L. always says, hit that like button, turn that notification bell on for the Bucketeers. You'll never miss an episode again. And please subscribe. We do appreciate it. But that's our guy, Neil. I'm sure he'll reiterate that in the chat as he always does. What it do, Neil? Always a damn pleasure to have our guy, Neil, pop in the house. We love us some Neil here on the Bucketeers. Man, 
what a day so far. Christopher joins us. Neil joins us. JC, Allen. I believe that this year's staff is better than the 2022 and 2023. We'll wait to see how it's filled out, but I agree so far, Christopher. Neil says big facts, but Chris, I agree. We brought back Tom Moore as well, which is always a great uh, football mind to bring in. And we brought in an assistant offensive line coach over the weekend as well from the SEC, familiar with Liam Cohen, and he's reaching into familiarity bags. Brought in Carberry. He was his um, offensive line coach when Liam Cohen was the OC with the Rams. He brought in a guy from the SEC at Georgia he had crossed ties with. Now he goes out and gets Brian Picucci, who was a quality quality control coach last year at Kentucky, and he has a lot of overlap with Liam Cohen as well. Time at Kentucky, he also coached him at UMass, but here's some more of Picucci's resume. He comes to Kentucky last season with more than 28 years of coaching experience, so nine now 29 years of coaching experience after last year at Kentucky. He had seven years as an offensive coordinator, including being Liam Cohen's offensive coordinator at UMass when Cohen was a quarterback. He served as the tight ends offensive coordinator, tight ends coach and offensive coordinator with the NFL Alumni Academy, XFL, USFL, in Arlington, Texas in 2022. He also spent one season as a wide receiver coach at FIU, in 2021 and he was an offensive assistant and assistant tight ends coach with the lions for two seasons from 18 to 19 under patricia picucci joined maine's coaching staff in 2016 as the running backs coach before being promoted to the offense and coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2017 picucci's longest coaching tenure came at umass where he spent 11 total years from 98 to 99 and 04 to 12 served as the run game coordinator, blah, 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 blah. Picucci mentored a 1,000-yard rusher in seven of his eight years, and now the Buccaneers name him as the assistant O-line coach to Kevin Carberry, kind of beefing up that staff a little bit, no pun intended, but growing a little deeper, stronger, bigger in the trenches, and really a nice staff continues to grow with the hire of Brian Picucci, another good football brain. Stana, what say you? on our new assistant offensive line coach, Brian Picucci? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, we definitely need to improve on our offensive line production, and we need to get a little bit better players in there as well. Although uh, I love what Tristan Wirfs did uh, transfer over left tackle last season. Uh, but other than that, we kind of underperformed. Um, you know, I think we definitely need to see our strength coach also, uh, make sure we get these guys bigger, stronger, faster, but, um, you know, offensive line, we got to do better job running the ball. We got to do a better job protecting the passer. Brian Picucci, JLo thoughts on him and, uh, which of these hires from the weekend did you like more or was it equal? No, I'd say it's pretty equal. I like the familiarity with Liam Cohen and the assistant online coach. I can't pronounce his name again. What's his name again? I'm sorry. Picucci. I'm pretty sure it's Brian Picucci. I could be butchering the fuck out of it, but oh yeah, well. But you butchered good. that Italian name, Tony. Uh-oh. <laughs> Stunna, you want to come on for the first time in a few episodes and start beef? What, what's going on here? Hey, I thought you was a paisano. My fault. I am, bro, but, you know, what do they call us, Gen X or Gen Z, whatever the hell we are, the young generation, uh, you know, just a little bit distant, a little bit distant, but carry on, J-Lo. Yeah, I mean, I like both hires. I feel like Liam Cohen's putting together a good staff. The receivers coach, I think, is going to do a great job. I can't. Hopefully, Thad, you know, will get to retain the QB job. That's what I'm waiting on, see what they're going to do with him. And, of course, Van Dam as tight ends coach. Stunna, thoughts on Christopher Cole saying that he believes this year's staff is better than the 22 and 23 staff already? Uh, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. We got um, – Byron got himself fired with lack of game planning. Um Last year, we got um, the guy that went to Carolina. Uh, uh, Canellis. Canellis, okay. 
So Canellas didn't even get an OC job with Seattle. And so we kind of gave him his break. We kind of we gave him his break. But he even admitted a lot of times that his game planning need, needed work. You know, the guy we got this year, you know, he helped the Rams win the Super Bowl. He's got a good pedigree. I think we just keep getting better, in my opinion. I agree with that. Speaking of getting better, guys, Cadillac Williams continues to get better in his coaching gig, in his coaching search in the world of coaching. Longtime Buck, remember, hell of a Buck. The fifth pick of the 2005 NFL Draft. One of my favorite Bucks ever was Cadillac Williams. Really had a hell of a career. If it wasn't for all these damn ACL injuries, he might have ran himself into Canton or beyond. I know that's a deep statement, but remember how good he looked as a rookie. He won the AP NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2005. He was on the all-rookie team in 2005 as well. He was a first-team All-American at Auburn, and really incredible backfield between him and Ronnie Brown back there. They really had an incredible career back there. But guys, Cadillac Williams, um, you know, 1,200 yards on the ground as a rookie, six touchdowns at the Bucks, with 81 receiving yards on top of that. Had several other successful years at the Bucks and Rams and entered the coaching ranks back in 2015 after taking four years off between playing and coaching. He was a running backs coach at Henderson State. Then the former Buck went to West Georgia as a grad assistant. Then Cadillac Williams ran his way into IMG Academy as a running backs coach. 2018, running backs coach for the Birmingham Iron. Remember, that was Bill Polian's football league, the AAF back in the day. That was short-lived, only lasted one season. Then was a running backs coach for Auburn from 2019 to 2022 before taking over as their interim head coach, actually leading them to a good bit of success, ultimately interviewed for their head coaching gig. Didn't get it, so last year reverted back to the running backs coach with the associate coach rule. But now, role, I'm sorry, not rule, <laughs> role. But now he gets a crack at the NFL. He got hired as the Raiders running backs coach. And to me, Raiders are building a hell of a staff, Antonio Pierce over there. You get some good willpower all along the way. Marv Lewis is a part of that staff. Hugh Jackson seemingly a part of that staff. Cadillac Williams is a part of that staff. So Antonio Pierce doing a good job, even though, um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, the D-bag, left him at the altar. I'm not huge on Luke Etsy, but to me, when you get guys like Hugh Jackson and Caddy Williams, they could influence him for the right reasons and into better decision-making. Stano, what say you on Cadillac Williams getting a coaching gig in the NFL? Stunna, are you with us, Stunna? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, yeah, man, I, I love Cadillac as a player. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of expertise, and I'd love to see what he does in the NFL. JLo, what are your thoughts on Caddy uh, returning as a coach this time in the NFL? No, I'm excited for him. I think he did a good job at Auburn, his alma mater, when he was the Rambos coach over there. I think he had some not-so-great um, time with the coach that's there now. I can't remember his name at the top of my head. The one at Auburn? Yeah. Hugh Freeze, I believe. Yeah, because he was there before Hugh Freeze, and I think him and Hugh Freeze were on the same page, so he ended up you know, leaving for the NFL, and being in Vegas would be a good spot for him to work with um, the running back over there. I think he's still there for another year, right? I'm Josh sure, Jacobs, but... he's technically a free agent, but they're oh. going to bring him back. I mean, you, or maybe this could be a sign of, hey, we might be prepared to lose him, so we're going to bring in Cadillac. You never know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Vegas is in good hands with Caddy coaching the running bats. I like what he did in Auburn, and I think he's climbing the coaching world, you know, to the NFL now. I agree with you there, J-Lo. And speaking of climbing the ladder, speaking of viewing in on the Bucketeers, as Neil says, big facts of turning that notification bell on, hitting the subscribe button, and so much more. Get used to us this offseason on Monday nights and Thursday nights. The Bucketeers will be coming at you every Monday and Thursday. And 
for important events as well. We do our annual day three NFL draft coverage every Saturday. We go live for at least a couple of hours, break down the Bucks picks and more picks around the NFL. That's always fun. We're going to be coming at you. Free agency, NFL schedule, release, and so much more. But keep in mind, Mondays and Thursdays throughout the offseason, you guys could catch the Bucketeers, which is really incredible because a lot of podcasts go down to once a week. We used to do once every other week in the offseason. But nah, nah, nah. This year, we're going to crank it up a notch, fellas. We got seven of us now. We got a wolf pack going. Hey, Gene can't make it. That's okay. We got J-Lo, Stun of Tampa Tones here. Hey. JLo oh. can't make it. That's okay. We got Huncho Cats, me. You know, it, it's all dependent, and we're all great. Seven of hoist us. Sales. Fantastic. Exactly. As Stunna says, hoist the sails there. But yes, catch us every Monday and Thursday night throughout the offseason and more special occasions. Like I said, we'll be here for big breaking news. We'll be here for day three of the NFL draft. We'll be here for. Uh, day one of free agency, schedule release, all of that good stuff as well. Fellas, before we get to our final word here in a little bit, we're going to go around now and say, if you had to start the season tomorrow, say the season started tomorrow, obviously it doesn't, right? Who are you faring most in the NFC South? Stunna, let's start with you. Who do you think our biggest threat would be? Would it be... Dave Canales, who knows a lot of our plays, even though he's taken over a bad roster. Would it be Raheem the Dream taking over in Atlanta, former Buck and Falcons head coach? Or would it be probably the presumed favorite in terms of odds in New Orleans Saints? Yeah, I don't know, man. Is Atlanta going to get Russell Wilson? I mean, that that changes my perspective. I know him or Justin Fields probably end up there, right? Whew, either one of them is, is kind of scary to me. So I, and then Raheem, he always teaches his, his, you know, teams to play dirty against us and hurt our players. So, you know, that's you something. So. Wow. You think Raheem hates us? I mean, that's been evident when he was with Atlanta, when he was with uh, the Rams, you know, that's, they've always played, uh, you know, basically bounty gate, mm. but I guess they get away with it. Um, uh, the Saints right now have the best quarterback situation, so they would be the best threat. Uh, Carolina, we got to figure out what to do against their defense, but I kind of like our new offensive direction that we'll be able to actually do better against their defense. But Atlanta is, to me, the the, the, the biggest threat, depending on their quarterback situation, because they have the ability to leapfrog what uh, Carr is doing with the Saints. J-Lo says Atlanta. Pops says Atlanta. What say you, brother? Biggest threat in the NFC South when it comes time in 2024 to put the boxing gloves on? Who's standing toe-to-toe with the Bucks late in the season? Depending on who's the quarterback for Atlanta, I got to go with New Orleans. Always been a thorn in our side. Always have a reason to beat us. I don't know how we lose to them, but we do at times. So to me, I say New Orleans right now until I know who the quarterback is for Atlanta. Atlanta does got a good offensive-minded coach who's going to be taking over. I think he's going to be a great play caller. It just depends on who he has at quarterback running the offensive system. If it's going to be Desmond Ritter again, then forget it. I'm not scared of them. But if it's going to be a guy like Russell Wilson or even um, Kirk Cousins, another name to throw out there, you know, the Atlanta could be a team not, you know to really watch out for. As far as Carolina, I don't fear them at all. Dave Canales has got a lot to learn. And let's not forget, our defense has played against his offensive scheme too, so it's not like he has an advantage. We got an advantage as well. Yeah, it's it's weird because the Saints are always the ultimate thorn in our side, as you alluded to. They always give us the most problems. But I feel like this is a year where the glue starts kind of coming undone for the Saints, right? Uh, Ten... 10 years back, all the way up until about two, three years back when the Bucks beat them in the playoffs, the Saints were the cream of the crop in the NFC. They were the role model of the NFC. Hey, how do you retain all these people while drafting excellent, while bringing in free agents, replenishing the wealth in the NFC? They did a hell of a job doing that. And now the past three or four years, you've seen the Saints makeshift and patch up some quarterback work. 
You've seen them bring in some free agents to keep him competitive, sure. And you've seen them go through a coach who retired and took the easy way out to me. As Pop says, he thinks their QB will be Justin Fields, speaking of Atlanta. But as the Saints go, you know that scumbag Sean Payton knew uh, what was ultimately going to come of the Saints situation, and he opted out. He packed his bags, and he ultimately gave the reins to his buddy Dennis Allen, who was already a failed head coach in the National Football League with the Raiders. He was an embarrassing head coach. So Sean Payton saw the money situation crumbling. He knew Dennis Allen probably wouldn't get another head coaching gig in the NFL. What did he do? Bailed on a shitty situation, put Dennis Allen in the middle of it, and by the way now, the Saints – Continue their crash course. When you're excellent for that long and you're not, you know, a notorious franchise year after year, you're going to hit a wall eventually. Saints were dominant for a decade. Past three or four years, a fun team, 500 team, sure. Now they're going to continue that decline this year. Next year, they'll be in the seven, six to seven win range. And then in the years to come, they'll be in Carolina's situation. They owe their running backs a combined $23 million this year. For older running backs, two running backs who are almost in their 30s. Jamal Williams, one touchdown. Hey, as we have the UK joining us. Go Bucks! love from the UK. Great Britain, that's awesome. Incredible stuff right there. Evan Michael Williams, thank you for joining in. We really do appreciate it here on Man Cave Monday here on the Bucketeers. But this is a year the Saints really become unglued. Elvin Kamara wasn't as effective last year. Jamal Williams, this guy, they're paying good money. One touchdown last year. And by the way, if they cut Jamal Williams, oh, next thing you know, they have just as much dead cap as the Bucks got today from their Baker and Evans quote-unquote contract misses, which they didn't really miss at all. It's just paying credit card payments. Instead of paying credit card payments, you're paying it all up front. But to me, the Saints... Cam Jordan's been melting down. Michael Thomas isn't the same. They haven't been drafting the same. Dennis Allen to me gets fired midseason. I don't really think Atlanta, I I think Atlanta's the biggest threat, but I don't necessarily think they have a great, great season under Raheem Morris this year. I think it's going to take a little bit of a learning curve for Raheem to get his feet wet yet again as a head coach, is my man Fabricio Elmanito, Taylor Swift's new boyfriend, or I'm sorry, J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, not our J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez's new boyfriend joins us on Facebook, but I do think it's the Falcons. With that being said, Raheem Morris' new coach, Dave Canales' new coach, Saints a lot of problems. I think Bucks win the division by two games next year, and I think they have a clinch by the end of week 16, if we get Baker and Evans back. Any thoughts or rebuttals on that? No. I think you're pretty spot on. Plus, New Orleans has got a new office coordinator, Clint Kubiak. So it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with and that new office system for them as well. Hopefully it's more than what San Fran showed in uh, the Super Bowl. But, you know, all jokes aside, we know – Shanahan's a mastermind there. Fabricio's a happy man right now. But Brian Greasy played a prominent role in San Fran as well. So we'll see. The Bucks passed on Kubiak last year to go with Canales. Stunna, what say you on any rebuttal to my statement, J-Lo's statement? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play a wait-and-see approach. But um, it all depends on execution. We all know, we all know that. Yeah, totally agree with you there. And Stana, before we get to our final words and thoughts here in the coming minutes, you commented USFL's coming. You know what date we get that exactly? I know it's coming up, and I know it combined the XFL and UFL, but um, I'm pretty excited for the USFL this spring, I will say. I don't know exactly, but I know that, um, you know, it's an exciting brand of football, man. It's, you know, and uh, anybody that grew up in the 80s, Remembers the Tampa Bay Bandits, you know, in those days. We had them back for one year, damn it. Yeah, I don't know what happened with us in in either the XFL or the USFL. Yeah, because we had the Tampa Bay Vipers as well. Yep, yep, I know it. And I don't even know if we have a team in in the United Football League. 
the UFL it is now? No, we don't. Here's the teams real quick. And then, damn it, before the final word, we're going to go ahead and declare our USFL fandom on the show. J-Lo, Stunna, and I right now are going to announce who we're getting behind right here, right now, for the USFL season, fellas. Because let's be honest, they could come to the NFL. We've seen Bucks tight end David Wells come on over from a league like this. We've seen some coaches like Picucci. He was an XFL coach. Now he's on the Bucks coaching staff. This league opens the doors for coaches and players. Bucks have David Wells. Bucks have Brian Picucci. P.J. Walker, who started some games for the Browns last year, came from the XFL. The Cowboys kicker, who was an all-pro this year, didn't miss a field goal, came from the XFL. So real quick, going to go over the USFL teams. For those unfamiliar, USFL is the United Football League and the XFL combining, which I think is good, could really be a feeder for the NFL in future years, and it's led by The Rock. Stunna, declare your team. You got the Birmingham Stallions. You got the Houston Gamblers. You got the Memphis Showboats. You got the Michigan Panthers. You got the New Jersey Generals. You got the New Orleans Breakers. You got the Philadelphia Stars. Or you got the Pittsburgh Maulers. Declare your team right now, Stunna, for the USFL upcoming spring. Shoot, man, I got to go with Houston, Jim Kelly's old team. Houston Gamblers. And Gamblers is a great name. J-Lo. Thoughts on the USFL merger with the Rock leading the way for XFL and UFL. And once again, between the Birmingham Stallions, Houston Gamblers, Memphis Showboats, Michigan Panthers, New Jersey Generals, New Orleans Breakers, Philadelphia Stars, or Pittsburgh Maulers, who are you going with there, j Honestly, Tone, I think some of those teams you named aren't even in the league. They're not in that league at all. You're talking about the combination, right? The SFL and the USFL. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go the St. Louis Battlehawks, who are in the SFL. I'm rooting for Coach Bet. I know that wasn't in the option list, but that's the team I'm going with in the USFL. No, I don't think is it going to be. Are they going to be a thing this year? Yes. So they will be a thing this year. Coach Beck is keeping his team. And uh, St. Louis, JL. teams are coming back. So here it is. So they, they did ditch some of those teams. JLo's right. So here's the teams quick and coaches. I'm sorry. The USFL teams, because only a couple of those are staying. Stunna, your Houston Gamblers are actually the Houston Roughnecks. So they used to be in the XFL Houston Roughnecks. Now they're in the USFL conference. But here's the teams quick. And we get the head coaches. J-Lo went with Anthony Beck, former Buck. And J-Lo, I think he was a contributor for Buck's site as well. But now he's the St. Louis Battlehawks head coach. And then you got San Antonio Brahmas with Wade Phillips. Remember Wade Phillips? He's their head coach. You got the D.C. Defenders with Reggie Barlow, former NFL player. You got the Arlington Renegades with Bob Stoops, blast from the past. Then you got the Michigan Panthers with Mike Nolan. Then you got the Memphis Showboats with John D. Flippo. I remember when his name was a popular name for offensive coordinators. He was the Bears offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator. So funny to see him over there now, guys, John D. Flippo. Then for Stunna's Houston Roughnecks, you got Curtis Johnson. Then for the Birmingham Stallions, you got Skip Holt. So Stunna. Do you want to keep the Houston Roughnecks, even though they're not the Gamblers, and Curtis Johnson with their head coach? Heck no. I got to go with uh, Baltimore. I mean, uh, Birmingham. With Skip going, Holt. Good old Birmingham. He was Birmingham. a USF legend. <laughs> Skip Holt in Birmingham. My apologies. And J-Lo, thank you for catching that. That's good stuff. So, Stun is going with uh, big old Skip Holt and Birmingham. And J-Lo, you're going with St. Louis and Anthony Beck, correct? Absolutely. I, I love Coach Bed. You know, I loved him when he was a buck, and he's just overall a great person, and his son's killing it at Iowa State right now. So the list I read was the original USFL entire uh, team sheet, and then the XFL had more as well, but we're not going to get into all the XFL's past. Man, 
if I could only pick one team, it sucks because I claim the Tampa Bay Vipers. Then they went to the Las Vegas Vipers, I think, or something like that. I forget exactly, but I'm like, you know what? I'll just follow them. And now they're not a damn thing. So I'm running out of teams here. And really, just really, it's getting ugly here for me. But you know what, fellas? I'm going with the Bucks Super Bowl champ. Shocked you guys didn't yet. Reggie Barlow, Buccaneers Super Bowl champ. I'm going with the D.C. Defenders. I'm becoming a D.C. Defenders guy with Reggie Barlow, former Bucks Super Bowl champion, as their head coach. You know, I know J-Lo got Anthony Beck, former Buck. Stunna got USF legend. So we all picked Tampa Ties, right? So we'll see. Yeah, man. We got all kind of Tampa Ties in there. Skip Holtz. Uh, Anthony Beck, you know what I'm saying? Barlow, yeah, we, you know, but you know the 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 SEC like we already talked about is hotbed for football, no matter what. And we'll keep that in mind. We're gonna pay close attention. And the winner at the end of the year, we're gonna do something for. But when we get the other host on, we'll see who they pick as their teams. Once a team's taken, you can't pick them. But so far, I got Reggie Barlow and the DC Defenders, who will be playing at Audi Field with the host of 20,000 people. They were created in the year of 2020. Stana has the Birmingham Stallions with Skip Holtz as their head coach. Their first year was 2022. They'll be playing at Protective Stadium, 47,100 capacity. They're in the USFL Conference. I'm in the XFL Conference alongside JLo's team, St. Louis Battlehawks, who's playing at the Dome at America Center, 67,277. They were found in 2020 with Anthony Beck as their head coach. And, guys, I heard a lot of good things about the Battlehawks. I know someone who lives in St. Louis, he says, hell, some people there, not that the Saints are gone, view that as such a big deal. And it'll be interesting real quick before we get to final word. J-Lo, you think this league lasts, the United Football League combined with the XFL, USFL, do you think it lasts? Do you think it becomes a feeder league for the NFL? Honestly, I think it will. I think with the two combinations, I think it's great we have some spring football to kind of keep us occupied while we wait for the NFL season. And I'm confident in The Rock. He's a winner. And if you notice, J-Lo and Stunna, all the teams, they kind of put a border on it. I think if it does well, they're going to expand out west, right? Right now, they kind of just grouped in, hey, we're putting three teams in Texas, Arlington, San Antonio, Houston. Then we're putting some in the Midwest. You got St. Louis, Memphis, Michigan. Then we're putting Birmingham in the South and DC's kind of right there. So they kind of made the border from Texas area to Birmingham to DC to Michigan. Kind of kept it in a little umbrella. Stunna, with the Rocks fingerprints on this, A, is it successful? B, does it become a feeder league? Um, I think it can be successful as long as you don't dump money into it. I think like the original USFL, the problem was they try to compete with the NFL with salary money and, you, and, and the NFL just let them go bankrupt. And so uh, as long as you don't, as long as they keep the salaries reasonable, it will be successful. As far as a feeder league, uh, college football is always going to be the feeder league. Yeah, well, no, it, you know, feeder league means – a league in between college football and the pros pretty much, right? Like the minor leagues for baseball, the minor leagues for hockey, the G League for NBA. I like them better than Canadian Football League for that uh, usage. I agree with that. Uh, J-Lo, final words, brother. Honored to have you here on the Bucketeers. Uh, man, a few words, but always a man of great words, a great J-Lo. J-Lo, final word here on this Monday night edition of the Bucketeers and remember folks moving on Mondays and Thursdays every week in the offseason we'll be right here J-Lo final word for the program J-Lo if we have you if not Stunna final word fire the cannons go Bucks always gonna have our Bucketeers offseason programming Gotta have our Madden show where we talk shit about the disrespect and what we get shown on the national level. You know, and it. as you saw, 
if you remember last year's discussion, I said that the, these Madden rankings actually do influence things. And, and I, I remember people laughing at me, but you saw it when it was time for Antoine uh, Winfield to be an all pro. They went with Buda Baker because he's had his star and his, his X factor for all these years. Overrated on Madden equals overrated in the national media. It's a trend that has gone on for years. So we got our Madden show. We got our draft coverage. We got all kind of off-season talk with OTAs. And, of course, we'll chum it up with any guest speakers that want to come on and talk Bucks football. You heard. Also, new intro and outros. It's a big off-season. Holla at me. Correct. Stunna said it all right there. J-Lo, do we have you back, or are you still uh, floating in somewhere in space, sir? No, I'm here. Um, yeah, like I said, it's going to be a fun off-season. Can't wait to do these shows Monday and Thursdays. And for everybody watching tonight, thank you. And remember, like, subscribe. Like I said, we got more good stuff coming. Free agency, draft, talk. And like I said, we got a group, good group here. Can't wait. As Michael T. Pompino joins us on Facebook as well. But remember, I got the D.C. Defenders. Stunna got the Birmingham Stallions. J-Lo got the St. Louis Battlehawks, it's going to be a battle this, this this spring in the UFL, going to be a fun one, led by The Rock, and we got a whole lot of Bucks talk to get to. Once again, went over the coaching hires today, this offseason, Brian Picucci from Kentucky, former Liam Cohen offensive coordinator at UMass, now assistant Bucks O-line coach, welcome to Tampa. Brian McClendon, former Bears player from Chicago. Welcome to Tampa as well, wide receivers coach. Some great hires there. And looking forward to many, many more hires to go. Let's see if Tad Lewis comes. And I hope he does. And Van Dam as well. I hope we could kind of build that ultimate staff as we kind of hope for in special teams, right? We heard Keith Tandy probably would be back from Greg Allman. Haven't heard it officially. But with Thomas McGoffkey, you would hope that would be a very good special teams coaching unit over there if we could get both of those guys back as well. So very good stuff there. Incredible stuff tonight, fellas, from J-Lo to Stunna to Tampa Tones and to the four of the seven Wolfpack not in the building, Bucko, A-Cat, and the other two as well, Gene and the great Huncho. Always a great time with any of those gents as they join us as well. But it's been the Bucketeers, and just count your blessings, peeps. You never know when it could be the end. We lost a great one in the fam. Rest in peace. Gone too soon to our cousin that we do love. But other than that, everybody, enjoy your night. Have a great Monday. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the Bucketeers. We'll be back here Thursday. Unless, remember, news breaks. We will be back for a lot of breaking news. Like the shirt says, Brady Gronk 2020, make Tampa great again. Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans 2024, make Tampa Bay playoff bound again stun a j-lo fire the damn cannons go bucks go bucks have a great night brothers you too don't be safe brother. fire the cannons hoist the sails busting muskets it's on swords up and we are getting a new intro and outro as stun alluded to as well and this one will be more of our mid-show commercial if we ever need like when we go two to three hours long on day three of the draft we'll put this one up a couple times with stana j-lo tampa tones three to one touchdown tampa bay coquif back of the end zone bucks win bucks win bucks win we'll see you guys thursday or maybe sooner if news breaks we love you all be safe stay safe out there peace on did he retire what's done did the voice uh gene deckerhoff retire no, he's still here, bro. All right. Thank God. Thank God. Cool. Thank God indeed. I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. The energy, the electricity. I played with Brock and anyone was there. 
and a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans there too. Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little... No, my, my uh, camera's broke. <laughs> 